0: Super excited about the first episode of May coming in strong with Bethany Bernard today. Now, listen, some of you have been asking for Bethany to come on this show probably since the day this show started. And let me just tell you the show does not disappoint. You're going to be so happy that you waited this long to have Bethany on the happy hour. Truly such a joy. Now, May, if you don't know, is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so a lot of times we try to look at those awareness months and think, how do we bring awareness to that through our conversations and through the happy hour? And Bethany's conversation today is such a joy and such a great podcast to be starting out the month of May. I really appreciate the conversation because there's so much shame that is often attached with mental health. And when Bethany opens up about her struggle and about how Jesus has helped her overcome this, she takes the shame and does not allow it to have any hold on her life. And so our conversation today is real and honest and I'm super grateful for it. If you have not listened to her album, All My Questions, I need you to just stop listening to The Happy Hour right now. Go to wherever you listen to music, if it's Apple Music or Spotify, whatever it is, go get that album right now. It is so, so good. I listen to it all the time. Friends, if you're just jumping into the happy hour, I want to say welcome. You are welcome here at the happy hour. And I'm glad you're here. We have some great shows in the month of April. We did a whole series on Unreached People Groups. And I don't want you to miss out on that. Also, last week was Jeannie Stevens and David Taylor. I love it when Professor Priest David Taylor comes to the Happy Hour Studio and we sit down and talk. In fact, we talked so long because it was such a great conversation. That was last Wednesday. And coming up on the show this week, Tish Harrison Warren. She is an author that I love to read. In fact, her book, Prayer in the Night came out early 2021 and it was hands down one of the best books I read that entire year. So, we have a conversation and that is coming up on the show this week. You guys, I'm grateful that you're here. I know that there are a lot of podcasts that you could spend your time listening to, and I'm super grateful that today you're choosing the happy hour. And if it's your first time, gosh, I'm glad you're here. Listen, if it is your 584th episode and you've listened to every single show, I'm also so happy that you are here. All right, you guys, here's my conversation with my friend, Bethany Bernard. Hey, Bethany, welcome to the happy hour. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a joy to finally have you on the show. I've got to give a shout out to my friend, Kim Ellis, who has been telling me year after year after year to have you on, and so... (laughs) This show is for me and all the listeners, but also for my friend, Kim. So it's so oh. exciting to have you here. <laughs> I think Thank Kim's you. been listening to your music since you started making music. So I think she... Oh, was, my God. I know. I know. She, she, uh, big Bethany Dillon fan. So there's that. <laughs> well, wow. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks, I would love for you to introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us about your family and what you do now.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I... So I go by Bethany Bernard now, and because that's my name. Uh, but yes, I started Christian music as Bethany Dillon a long time ago when I was—I got signed when I was 14, and so 20 years ago. Um, and did that for for a bit, and then got married to Shane from Shane and Shane. He's the cute Shane of Shane and Shane. I mean, no offense that and he was the single one um so both things important uh but we've been married for about 15 years now we've got four girls we live in the dallas area um you know just part of our local church here uh watermark and um just i i stay home and do part-time homeschool and uh, manage our home and all the different seasons of travel and craziness, and get to lead worship here and there, and write songs here and there. That um, that's kind of our world right now.
0: Well, I'm super grateful. Uh, I told you that I met your husband in DC a couple months ago. Yeah, and um, I went up to him and I said what's your last name? Cause like, I just didn't know which one was your husband, you know? And so I was like, what's your yeah, last name? Yeah, and then, yeah. then he told me, I was like, okay, yes, I am talking to your wife in a couple of weeks. So that was, what ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the name of your last album that just came out? All my questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when All did that questions. release? That
1: was, so this is through 20. It came out, uh, the end of the summer of 22. 2022 so it's been a bit over a year now a bit over a year now
0: yeah Yeah. I was out on a date night with my husband last night and on our way to the restaurant I was telling him who I was interviewing today and I was talking about you and I was like I gotta play you some of her music and um, Mm -hmm. I played um, one on one of your you'll have to explain this to me because I don't want to mess it up but on I don't know if it's two different albums but on one of your albums you have these intro to each song where you really talk about each song and I don't know did you do two separate did you release two separate albums for that
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. it's yeah, yes, because I released all my questions, but before it came out, we had to get together with like our close friends and community here, uh-huh. and I had pre-recorded those like the stories behind the song because it's a it's a very raw emotional record, and I wanted to share those things, but I knew I probably couldn't do it in person Lives, with everyone, yeah, uh-huh. so I recorded them,
0: yeah.
1: um, and then after the record came out, we were like, I think that would actually be really, I mean, I know that's happened with other records, just that it would be helpful to share more of the story, and especially for people who are going through seasons of grief or suffering or doubt, like, to just, to just kind of add even more dimension to that and hopes that it would be more comforting and encouraging
0: so I loved it so much and um and I was telling my husband I was like babe you should do this when y'all's next album comes out like y'all should get together and record these because it's super it is super helpful for a listener to feel like where did this come from and so I want to talk a little bit about this album and more importantly like what in your life led you to write this real raw and vulnerable songs I was listening a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago uh to the song you know and it's at the mm-hmm. beginning of, of the album. And um, I was just really, really impacted by your ability to bring so much of yourself into these songs to where I could also find myself in them. And I think that is mm-hmm. like shows what a beautiful songwriter that you are. But I want to know where did these songs come from for you? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had kind of had a
1: long season of no writing. Um, and then in 2020, um, along with the pandemic, my dad uh, was uh, at the end of battling cancer for the second time. And, uh, and so while the world shut down, all, all of my family is in Ohio. So we, like us Bernards in Texas, went up to Ohio and were there for hospice and his last days, and I'm from a really big family, and um, so the trauma and grief of watching my dad deteriorate, and, um, and then watching everyone else be in pain as well, and processing that, and then um, there were some other things, it, it wasn't just one thing, but there were some other things that reared their heads in that season, and I just was like, not okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and really crashed and burned and um, and I ended up just kind of rock like bottoming out um, in mental health and um, at the time was that was in therapy already but was referred on to uh, a specialist for OCD and found out I had severe OCD and probably have my whole life and was severely depressed So the songs happened uh, so strangely after a long period of silence of doing anything creative and at the point where I was most mad at God (laughs) and most not okay and not praying and uh, yeah, by no means full um, in a spiritual sense, like just songs started to come, like, lament and questions mm-hmm. and anger came out that way. And uh, so it wasn't intentionally song ready. but then after um, some months of processing that way, just Shane and I uh, sat with them and just felt like mm-hmm. even though it's really scary to share anything creative, but to share things mm-hmm. that don't have a bow tied on them and you're talking about mental health and there's a song about the night my dad died. Just things that felt like I don't want, I really don't want to share this and watch other people listen to it Mm. or their reaction. But I think just in my, um, I'm really close with my mom and just in seeing only with her the effect that having a song had on her in a way that it did make her cry and it did make her it did trigger pain points it also was comforting Mm -hmm. and um and that was kind of the the impetus for me of like okay I, I do want to share these um and hopefully be helpful
0: You know, you just mentioned that when you shared that song with your mom, that it was triggering and it was hard, but it was also comforting. And I think that is Mm -hmm. how I would probably sum up your album a little bit, Bethany, is that Mm -hmm. it is hard. And I think that there are probably songs that would be triggering for some people, but yet there's so much comfort in that. And I think that is how like the Christian life works is that like this life is hard and there are so many things that are triggering and it is like a lot of days some people wake up going I don't know how I'm going to get through today like I don't know how I'm going to function but yet we find that Jesus is there I mentioned that song you know and it starts out by you saying Holy Spirit you are bigger than depression and Mm -hmm. I listen to that line all the time and although I don't struggle with that I have people really really close to me who do and so it's very personal to Mm -hmm. me in that way Um, but it is so so comforting and so You talked about Mm -hmm. this journey that summer when your dad passed away and Mm -hmm. you getting back into therapy and and getting diagnosed with severe OCD. Was this something that you had been diagnosed with depression, any kind of mental illness OCD previous to then? Or is this just when it kind of got the spotlight on it because of circumstances Mm -hmm. in your
1: life? I probably had gone through like depressions before, but chalked it up to like, you know, spiritual drought or dark nights of the soul, like not. I think there was a, uh, I loved therapy, and I had gone to therapy before, but there was a, I think, a resistance in me because there, of course, is a stigma attached to it, but I think it felt like failure, like, you know, Mm -hmm. taking medicine or being diagnosed with something felt like, oh, but, like, should I try and even treat that because what if that's like a thorn that got it's Mm -hmm. all jacked up so um so I you know I when I was diagnosed with OCD and depression goes with it um when it's severe the thing with OCD is that it's functional until it's not Mm. like the anxiety um the way that it works for a person who has OCD is It's internal, and your compulsions, like obsessive, compulsive, the things that you're doing to neutralize anxiety function for you, Mm. even if it Mm -hmm. perpetuates the disorder, until they don't function for you. So when I was totally at the bottom and grieving and all of that, um, a severe mercy was that suddenly, like, Everything internally that I had been able to tolerate and manage, and all of that, I was like, no, there's no capacity, there's no room for that anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of people that I talk to about any form of mental uh, health or disorder, there is, and you mentioned this earlier, there is a lot of shame attached to it. And Mm -hmm. I, I will say that in 2023 and in the past couple of years, I've seen a lot of phenomenal conversations within the church and Mm -hmm. I'll speak within the church uh, particularly but you alluded to even feeling shame over that and I think that is what a lot of Mm -hmm. women are having to overcome it's not even having to overcome do I need to go see a counselor it's not even overcoming like what are I what are I to tell people about this I think they're having to overcome is there something wrong with me and God like Mm -hmm. is this like Should I just like pray more or, or this, is this like you said, a thorn in my flesh? And so I'd love to hear how you process that because Mm -hmm. that is a struggle for so many women who literally love Jesus so much. And all of a sudden they're going, how can I love Jesus so much and struggle Mm -hmm. so much? And so how did that Mm -hmm. process look for you?
1: Really just kind of brutal and real. I mean, truly it took me, it took me some time, even though there was relief in you know, uh, when I got connected with a with an OCD specialist who was looking at my thorough assessment and going, there is no doubt that you do have OCD. You know, even though I'm like, yeah, even though there was some relief and a name and even thoughts that I had had, like them being said by someone else and like, hey, do you ever, it's like your mail getting read, there's kind of that feeling of, relief like okay but then it's followed really quickly by all the things that you just said and so it took some time and I think that that's a factor I I think even the hang up of well then if it's okay then why can't I just like Mm -hmm. snap and be like okay well you know there is no shame attached to it it's like there what things are there in life that we don't have to that are huge that get all tangled up in our identity or in our day-to-day or strength weakness like our self-perception all of that like there really isn't anything that's immediate like we Mm -hmm. are all processing all of the time Mm -hmm. and so i think just even having hopefully like if someone who's listening is in the thick of that like just knowing that that's really normal and that that isn't a disqualifier and that isn't even a red flag check engine light. It's like, that's just real. That's a big wow. thing. Okay. And, um, and then I think eventually what it was, I, I was at the point where, again, like I, it wasn't functional for me. And I did wonder, like, did I give this to myself? Where have I missed? It through the years and what is the wreckage behind me that now I can see and I've got to go fix or I've got whatever, how long is this gonna take? Um, you know, it really is just an exercise of faith. Like as a person of faith, it's just, yeah, I don't got the goods, I'm not in control. I wasn't in control of this happening or being found out or its duration or severity. Like I'm really not in control And there's a humbling factor to that. And there's a faith factor of, I'm just going to believe this therapist that God has provided. I'm going to believe what I'm hearing and just put one foot in front of the other and humbly, Mm. like, commit to the process. And and I, I see the Spirit's work and His help in that because it's not like I'm some courageous person that was able to like again like pull it together and do that Mm -hmm. so um but I I mean I would have been like so mad at anybody who had said that to me in the moment I'm saying this now years later you know I think
0: that's a lot how it is like the things that are so hard to hear you look back and you're like oh that actually was so true like I Um, needed that yeah yeah you needed that I want to know for you and for anyone listening uh what does it look like you know we know we as our faith like you talked a lot about faith and this may be the answer that you're going to give me is what you just said but there's christ offers us so much freedom in him like we are free in christ all the things what Mm -hmm. does it look like to walk in the freedom of christ and still acknowledge this hasn't gone away this is still a part of my story but yet i've truly find freedom in christ because i think some people think those are at odds with each other but how can Mm -hmm. they be the same
1: yes oh man well, that's a doozy. You want me to answer that?
0: I mean, as per my own experience. I mean, for you, yes. I'm not asking you to yeah. theologically break it down. I, mean, I Bethany, know. You. But I'm an overthinker. So I'm like, <laughs> let's talk
1: about that. Um, I think that the freedom has come. I mean, I have received freedom from him in the, like, season's. Um, that big one, but then there's plenty more that happen in life where it's just like i I can't do I can't feel what I feel like I should. Mm-hmm. I have this ideal in my my head and I have who I should be in my head, and I am looking around and like all these unchecked boxes in my life, whether it's my kids or my neighbors or my husband or the state of our house and its cleanliness or whatever. It's like, God has been so kind to um, allow me to just really be at a place of like, I can't, even if I, even if I really wanted to, I can't check all of the boxes. Mm-hmm. And getting to the other side of that, there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that. Of like, I'm not okay, you know? And I, Is it okay that I'm not okay? And our house is a mess. And I haven't made eye contact with the girls today, I don't think. And Shane and I are kind of ship passing in the night because I'm super out of it. Da, 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 like, and just to be in that spot and to feel the anxiety of it and the heaviness of it and then to get to the other side of that wave of anxiety about it and be like, man, the sky didn't fall.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and within OCD there's um, an aspect of it called scrupulosity which is obsessions over um, religious things it's not just Christian faith but for me it's the obsession of man what am I not doing spiritually and one of the treatments for that is to cease for a while to like I'm not going to read my bible first thing in the morning Mm -hmm. my therapist told me stop reading your Bible, like not for forever, but also yeah. like, I'm not going to tell you when Yeah, you're going to start again and it's okay that you're not praying and you don't need to invite your unsaved neighbors over this week. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff made me want to vomit. Mm-hmm. And then I get to the other side of that amount of time and see that the Lord was still doing things. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just, now, that's a lengthy answer, but I think the freedom has come by witnessing mm. I'm not the leader. I'm not, I'm not the captain. I'm not like God has given me strength, but I have a whole lot of weakness. And it's okay that I'm not checking every box. Mm. Um, not in a in different way, but just in a, yeah, I can. not I got to sleep. Yeah. I get sad. Yeah. I gotta go to therapy. I have four kids mm-hmm. and they all drive me crazy sometimes. Like it's I'm not the leader and, and he's the leader and I have seen him do things in my seasons of really, really, really not being able like just celebrating getting to the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And yet he's still at work and that has freed things in me. I'm so grateful
0: for. It was painful, but I'm grateful. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness, over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why dwell was created, because we can dwell differently Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12:12, 12, 12, which says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at 995 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for a 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. It sounds like you're living out the idea of where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and I will give you rest. And that mm-hmm. take on my, my, my yoke is easy. It sounds to me like you're like, I'm living in this right here. Would yeah. you say that to be true?
1: I get to live in that. Yes. Yeah. And I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't choose it. You know, like I, I just, I wouldn't have chosen it for myself, sadly. And I'm so grateful that he initiates that in us, right? Like mm. Hebrews 12, like Jesus is the author, the founder of our faith and the perfecter of our faith. And it I- It takes a lot so of grateful. load off of you. It does, right? The pressure's yeah. off. Uh-huh, yeah. I didn't, you don't get to put all the characters in your story and the, the whatever events that happen, like you just don't. Yeah. And so- um, That way, it's like I get to see the character of God and I get to receive from God Mm. and really enjoy relationship with him, not like transactional relationship, but
0: relationship. Yeah.
1: And so, yes.
0: I love that, that you're not the captain and then bringing it back to Hebrews 12. Like, it is such a good thing for us to think about is that Jesus is in charge of our faith and he is the Mm -hmm. one who's starting it, who's perfecting it, who's moving us closer to him. It's so beautiful. Bethany, whenever I think about my friends and my family who are, have some kind of mental health disorder, I always want to know from whoever I'm speaking with, whether that's you or my husband who battles with depression as well, what is it that is so helpful for you within your community? Because I'm listening to your story, the little bit that you shared with us, and I'm like, man, there had to have been things that Shane did that looking back go, that was a big help. Or that your mm-hmm. community, or that your friends, like, what does it look like for us as followers of Jesus to gather around our friends when they're walking through um, moments of suffering, like that come with, from mental health? What does it look like for us to be the church to them?
1: Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, because, you know, you can apply that to like someone who has a miscarriage. Like, it's just good to ask people who, have experienced loss or suffering and go, Hey, what was helpful? You know, I feel like that's a, that's a really helpful question. I, for me, um, it looked like, uh, people just meeting needs, um, in the mundane and not one person took it all. And, uh, something that I really loved, um, a dear friend of mine, Kelly Needham, um, who is a fantastic Bible teacher. Um, she and I have known each other a long time, and our kids are similar ages, love each other. And she just really taught me because she was like, hey, you know, here, here are some ways that I could step up for you in this season. So let me know if any of these work. And it wasn't at all like, these are the ways that I can help. But it was like, hey, I'm limited, kind of on the theme of what we're talking about. Here's my here's my capacity. Here's some things I can do. Do any of them sound like they'd be helpful? And it's okay if none of them do. Yeah. And you can tell me what, you know, what would be helpful and I'll see if I can do it. Yeah. And so, you know, it was like, hey, can I come pick up your kids on Friday after school? And we just have them for the weekend. Give you and Shane the house, you know. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, or, uh, you know, nobody... I was so fortunate. Like, I feel like my close circle of community as they were present with me in that there just weren't a whole lot of answers. Like people mm-hmm. weren't just giving me answers or like, why don't you, and that's not necessarily wrong, but also mm-hmm. like, I think that it's short sighted. Mm-hmm. So to just be present, yeah. um, even in spirit, if it's like, cause for me alone time, I really wanted some alone time. I'm a mom and, I slept a lot, Mm -hmm. and uh, so just for people to be like, hey, can I give Lucy and Haven a ride to school on Mondays until you tell me to stop, Mm -hmm. like, yes. yes, so there really was, in the span of a week, at least 10 people helping me out who, they didn't all meet up, but people who just within their, what they could do, offered that up, and were like, hey, can I show up, and if you want to go for a walk, great, but if not, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Like, Hey, you're, you're doing the the good work of getting to the end of the day. It's going to be okay. Um, It's okay that we're coming alongside of your family and loving on your kids right now. It's not going to damage them. Like, Mm. so that's community. And then I would say for Shane, I mean, he's my hero, Jamie, and I just truly, he's my favorite person. And, anybody who is a fan of him, I'm just like, you just don't know the half of it. Right. So that is very true of him. Yeah. And going through that time where I was not some trophy wife at all, he just was really like, even if internally some days he was ruffled, it was just like, I I'd never felt like I was disappointing him. Mm. I never felt like he was kind of moping around. It was like, in the ways that he could like he kept he kept the kitchen going and clean and he would take the girls out to go get sonic and have fun for a couple of hours and he would you know hey why don't you why don't you just take the night off going up and like he would be with me and he would listen but I think just his presence and his like not having to be asked to do certain things but instead just like jumping in Um, and I didn't feel shame from him Mm. was just so it was just so healing and so like I did feel embarrassed sometimes by like all the things that I wasn't doing but that just that trust and that like stability of him filling in some of my roles like was just so healing and um, it didn't last for forever you know but yeah, there were, there were not many people who were like, let me tell you, this is how you're not trusting God right now. Good. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just felt like God surrounded
0: me with yeah. some pretty
1: solid people who were like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. Of yeah. course you're sad the that your dad died. That's reality. Yeah. Of course you're depressed right now. Go take a nap. Yeah. Your kids will be okay. Let's uh-huh. go get, we'll get Chick-fil-A. Do you want chick fil No, you don't? You want me to get you a bottle of wine? Okay, cool. Like, yeah. you know, just... Yes, just kind of like, hey, we're it's not all on you, Beth. We're not yeah. depending on you. And yeah. that was just so good.
0: I hear a lot of people say kind of the same thing that you said when I asked them that question. And most of it is no one is sending you messages saying, hey, what do you need from me today, Bethany? But the conversation that I hear most from people, they're saying, hey, like you just said, uh, I can pick your kid up tomorrow. Would that work? If not, I could do it on Friday. Like just totally like Mm -hmm. throwing out. Here's what I can do. And I love no one has ever said what you just said about they were doing what they had capacity for as well. And I think that right. is so important to hear because those of us who want to help feel like, oh my gosh, I mean, I have to do it all because if I don't do it all, then what kind of friend am I? But you basically just said, whatever your capacity is, how can you do that? And that was, that was beautiful. I've never heard anyone say that when I've asked them that question, but they all say the same thing. Everyone says, yeah. they said a few yeah. things and then I got to pick. And that was the yeah. best thing that could happen.
1: It's so true because I had a friend who did mostly the meal train thing.
0: Yeah. And then I have multiple friends that come to mind right
1: now that like never supplied a meal. Right. And that's okay. It's okay. Because they came over and brought me coffee or they took the girls out in the backyard for a while.
0: Uh huh. So, yep. yeah. I have a vivid mo- memory of standing in my kitchen. This was years ago. We weren't even in the house we're in now. So, probably 10 years ago, my kids were probably like nine, eight, seven, six, you know, those ages. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's out of town and Aaron's our number one cook in the house. Aaron's out of town. And so not only when Aaron leaves, do I have to figure out what I'm supposed to feed these children, which is always like five o'clock. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, (laughs) at that age for sure. But at five o'clock, I'm figuring out what I had to do for my children. And I get a text from a friend and she had just had a baby and she said, Hey, no rush. I'm just wondering what time you're bringing the meal over so I can plan. She just had her third baby. So this isn't her first rodeo. It's not like she can put a kid down. Here we are. And I'm standing there and I have forgotten. And mm-hmm. I don't cook for my own family. Why did I sign up to cook for somebody else? <laughs> Literally, it's the last meal I ever took to somebody. And I, I barely got her a meal. <laughs> it was the last supper. Now, I will say, what I can do is I can go to Whole Foods and get those pre-made meals. I'm a fan of that. Yes. So if I, this is what I try to do. If someone I know is doing that, I'm not going to sign up for the meal train, but if I'm at the grocery store, I'm going to text them and say, hey, I bought you some dinner. Can I bring it by today or tomorrow? So that's what you can do. See? See? Done. Easy. But yeah. that was my last supper that I ever did, Bethany. <laughs> 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 was not for me. Was not oh, for me. You know, as God. you were talking um, I got a little teary eyed because I was remembering and I have already, Aaron, and I've already talked through this. I'm not saying anything on the podcast. I haven't talked to my husband about, but in 2020, Mm -hmm. when Aaron was struggling, my husband, I took things so personally for so long and Mm -hmm. it makes me a little emotional because I look back and I just, I'm like, and I would talk to my counselor about it and she's like, it's not you, Jamie, it's nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with you. And that was a really big struggle for me as the person Mm -hmm. on the other side of really feeling like. I must not be enough if I were better he wouldn't be struggling and so I think just to encourage those on the other side like it's not about you like literally like Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with you most of the times and I would think Mm -hmm. to myself Jamie what a prideful person that you think this is all about you this is nothing about you and Um. so I look back and of course I had time to grow and all the things and we're three years removed but I do look back and I'm like man God, thank you for teaching me that. And I just, everyone makes mistakes, but those are the ones that I like heard about is I'm like, oh man, there were so many times that I just thought this is about me. And when you think it's about you, you don't really care about the other person. You're really just caring yeah. about yourself. And that is, you know, hard, but that's 23 years of marriage and learning and growing. That's it what we do. Sure is. And yeah. I mean, I've been on your
1: side of it and I've changed been on your side yeah. of it. Uh-huh. And I know, yeah. So it is that just like, it is the mercy of like you get another lap. Yes. You get another yes. chance to just eventually.
0: Yeah. <laughs> another yeah. hard get- time is coming, you know. <laughs> we're on our, we're on our 23rd lap. So here we go. <laughs> we're, we go. we're doing this. <laughs> Bethany, I'm really grateful for um for your album like I already said. I love it at my house and listen to it a lot and just grateful for talking Thank with you. you today. Um I would love to hear before we go what are you reading these days?
1: Yeah. I um uh, I am guilty of reading multiple things at once. I'm reading a book called Everything Sad is Untrue. I don't know the name of the author. It's autobiographical, but he's like going back to 12-year-old himself as an Iranian refugee. Do you
0: know that book? Yes, I've read it. It's really good. And this is the one where there's like no chapters. Like it's all just one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is hard for my OCD because I'm like, I can't get to a stopping point. I'm reading that and I'm reading, um, I'm uh, listening to the Lord of the Rings trilogy read by Andy Serkis because I have tried to read the the black and white Uh and it's just been hard for me. But that's been really fun. I'm reading a Charles Spurgeon reader of like transcribed sermons of his
0: Uh Uh here and there.
1: That's been really fun. I love that. Um, so yeah, there's just kind of multiple I'm reading my girls do a classical school that's like part- time, and so they're they're reading some literature too that like i I have to read aloud to them, and I love it. I mean, I'm like a story junkie
0: mm-hmm.
1: i will i will I will sit and listen to a book all day.
0: Well, Bethany, thank you so much for coming on The Happy Hour. I really appreciate um, you and what we talked about today. So thank you. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcast. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey. Produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Edited by Angie Elkins. Show notes by Nikki Ogden. Art by Jen Jet Barrett. Original music by Matt Graham. And I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend.